0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whenever you're listening to us. Welcome back in. It's another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. Josh Levy, Daniel Gilman here, and we are so excited to continue to bring us and bring you guys just all of the off-season quarantine coverage. We have fantastic interviews lined up all off-season long, and today we are so excited to be joined by the director of a few episodes of Gangs of London, which is a show that we are excited to dive into. We've talked a little bit about it. Xavier Johns, all the way from France. Xavier, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, bonjour. I'm really well, thank you. And I hope you too. Yeah, we
0: are, uh, we're trying to just pass the time. What are some of the things that you've done to stay busy? Of course, you're probably still you know, getting the last couple edits or post production work for
1: the show right before it yeah, it, we did foc- we did focus a lot on uh, on post production of gangs. Mm-hmm. We were still validating few visual effects a uh, few days ago, but actually we had our premiere for the second episode directed by the amazing Corinardi last week, and uh, it was the first time I was doing a premiere on Zoom. So we were yeah. like around two hundred and sixty. Uh, Uh, Crew member uh, and cast on the on that uh, reunion, so that was really uh, pretty amazing. And I'm so excited about the show. I think it's something I never seen before on television. So to be honest, so I'm really really over excited. I have seen uh, the entire season now, and it's something wow. You know, it's gonna be uh, insane. (laughs) Yeah, we we
0: talked about the trailer a couple weeks ago, and and we're very excited. I think I saw a picture from that. Reading, and so obviously Joe Cole, someone that we're excited. And one of the bigger reasons why we're talking about this show. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the show here, because you're directing episodes seven and eight. Uh,
1: I direct. Uh, I directed uh, six, seven, and eight. I directed three episodes, and um, it's basically all the build up uh, of the family Wallace until the 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 big uh, reveal uh, in episode nine but it's difficult for me to talk about the uh, six seven and eight because uh, i can't spoil so much so i prefer to stay like uh, okay i'm not telling so much about it but you will see it's like a uh, action pace amazing performance it's violent it's dramatic you know it's everything is uh you will see it when you will see the first episode of the show it's going to it's really like the trailer the trailer really nailed exactly the atmosphere of the show so i'm really excited for everybody to see it and what i will say about the the plot it's uh, basically it's in the Wallace family uh, run the mafia business in london and Finn Wallace, which is the, the the father of that family uh, get killed in the very First episode, it really and that's not spoiler because it's re- it's in the trailer. Right. So um, Joe Cole, who is playing Sean Wallace, his son, uh, will want to revenge the memory of his father and take over uh, the gangs of London. And that's more or less uh, only the thing I can say after I I will spoil too much.
2: <laughs> right. So I mean, so obviously we are a Peaky Blinders podcast. We're huge Peaky Blinders fans. We love Joe Cole. First question, this kind of like a two part question. Do you Did you watch Peaky Blinders? Do you watch Peaky Blinders or are, are you aware of it?
1: Yeah, you know, I know Peaky Blinders very well and I'm a huge fan of the of the show. I think it's fantastic. The visual are amazing. The cast performance are amazing. And my, I'm a massive fan as well of uh, Tom Hardy who is <laughs> coming mm. in, uh, in the show as well. And a huge fan of Anya Taylor-Joy as well. I think she's a fantastic actress and I was so excited to know she will be part of the show, of the, so now I'm really, really full on Peaky Blinders. I think it's fantastic. So,
2: so, so, since you since you do watch Peaky Blinders and and you are a fan of it, uh, how does Gangs of London compare to it? Because a lot of people, a lot of critics are comparing it to a modern day Peaky Blinders. You know, more of a modern, not 1920s, but more modern mm. version of what Peaky Blinders kind of is. What are your thoughts on um, that? How does it
1: compare? How does it differentiate? There is a, there is some it's it's um, it's a crime drama TV show so basically this is the only comparison we can do with Piki, and it's um, I will say uh, the, the other comparison is there's is Cole as one of the lead character in in Gangs of London, which is second comparison with Piki. After PIKI, it's really about the. It's really about one family, you know. It's really about one family, and uh, and it's very politically oriented, where uh, where gangs of London is really the underground crime uh, universe and the big big boss of the crime universe. So it's really the encounter of the full range of different nationalities. It's a clash between different cultures, basically in the crime organization. So it's uh, it really talk ter- talk about this. It really, really talk about the different culture in the crime organization in London and how the the Wallace family will have to struggle to keep a balance in the different uh, crime families. Another, so it's you know, it's really different.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, we I think we have kind of touched on some of the key parts of the show in in previous episodes talking about gangs of London. But one of the other things that Josh and I are very excited about and I talked to you a little bit about it before we started recording Xavier mm-hmm. is that we're big Game of Thrones fans. And so yes. Michelle Fairley is a superstar leading character and it's someone that's going to draw in people like us, but there's also a couple other Game of Thrones actors that are thrown into the, into the game.
1: But the thing is, uh, there is Ian Beatty after in, from Game of Thrones as well. Um, sorry, I didn't have all the names now because we are working so much on promotion and uh, so it's quite, and I'm working already on other project as well but what I can say about Michelle Fairley and her character Marianne Wallace it's like one of the best experiences I ever had in my life working with an actress like her. she's like a, she's a superstar as you say, but she's probably the smartest uh, the most amazing actress I work with because she's so she's so so clever, so smart about her character and about the drama. Uh, she's acting she's uh, she's make my my job so easy you know I uh, basically I have to give her the direction and she knows exactly what are the different steps her character has to go through and she's always going further and further and you just have to follow uh, follow her lead she is really amazing she's probably she's really one of the best actress I, I ever worked with and she's uh, she was in the performance she gave in a and you will see in uh, some of the episodes I directed, in episode six, uh, she did something so incredible. I think nobody's ready for that. She's like, wow. Uh, in episode six, uh, she did something. I, I was really blown away by her performance. And, uh, and you will see she, in the entire show, she's like, uh, she's one of the highlights of the, of the entire show. She's really amazing.
0: And so if I'm not mistaken, it, all nine episodes are going to be dropping on Sky on April 23rd, correct?
1: Exactly. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so in this age of, of binge watching and in, in quarantine, do you think it's it's the kind of show similar to maybe an Ozark in America where people are just going to run through it and it's going to be the word of town
1: for, for a week or two weeks or a month? I uh, probably, I think probably it's going to be this uh, because, you know, uh, when you're going to start Gangs of London. I, I did the experience. I started the first episode because I have seen everything now. I started the first episode directed by Gareth Evans and then I jumped directly in episode two and episode three and episode four directed by Corinne and I was like, wow, so I took a, almost a four hour and a half uh, ride. Uh, in one evening, I was just pausing a little bit between episodes to, to take drinks and stuff. And then I was like, okay, let's just have a look at episode five. And wow, guys, it's probably the most entertaining, engaging show I've ever seen in my life. And I've been part of it, so it's difficult for me to to tell uh, something. More. But I'm really honest, it's something you never seen before on television. Really, really. In terms of action, in terms of drama, in terms of performance and violence, you have never seen that before. I can assure you.
2: That's it. Sounds awesome. We we did an episode of our podcast where we just watched the trailer and stopped, you know, at different places and just had commentary on what we saw. And the trailer was captivating. It's it's amazing. And so we, uh, my 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 question is, is that? Well, no, go, go ahead.
1: No, I have one question for you. Have you seen The yeah. Red and The Red 2? You have seen The Red and The Red 2?
0: Yeah, the, the one with Bruce Willis, right? No, no, The Red,
1: it's uh, the um, Gareth Evans movies.
0: Oh, I'm not sure if I've seen The Red. I've seen the movie ah, really? Red.
1: No, no, you have to watch The Red. It's the first Gareth. It's not the first, but Oh, one The of Raid. The
0: Gar- I'm sorry. The, the Raid. Raid, excuse me. Yes. My accent,
1: it's my, it's my French <laughs> accent, is shitty. Yeah, I'm really sorry, guys. No, it's okay. So, <laughs> so you if you have seen the raid and the raid two, it's basically this for ten hours.
2: Wow, okay, so you know that's I mean? that, that's something we have plenty of time on our hands, so that's something that we're gonna have on our on our on our hands here on horizon but my <laughs> my question is is that since you directed episodes six, seven, and eight.
1: Yes. Exactly. What is it
2: like? What is it like picking up someone else's work and making the show kind of flow into one complete work? You know, because you have different style from someone else, someone has different style from you. So how do you make that
1: flow? It was quite simple because you know uh, between Gareth and Corinne, we were discussing a lot during the prep and uh, before and before that, we were talking a lot about the show and looking at the schedule you have. Basically, it's mainly on the action scene when you can bring your own style, but without changing the style, because actually it was so, the style of Gareth is so amazing. I just have to follow what he's doing. And we had an amazing fight choreographer called Jude Poyer. And basically Jude Poyer, the fight choreographer and stunt coordinator, bring the style and create something, um, uh, I will say homogenic with every episode, because basically it's coming from two person, Gareth and Jude. So basically, you follow their lead in the action style. And then in the character drama, you just have to pick up from where the characters are going. And then, based on your schedule, you have to follow the actors and your cuts are coming naturally. You, know, you cannot invent a style. And then we keep right. following the light um, the light atmosphere from episode one to episode six. We keep on following what has been done by, by Matt Flannery. Matt Flannery is also co-writer of the of the original concept of Gangs of London is the mm-hmm. DP of Gareth for the, from the beginning. So Matt and Gareth created that world and Corinne and myself, we were invited to be part of that world. So we were following what they created and, uh, and uh, it was really a, a fantastic experience to, to nail this because you have to keep on following, not and almost mimicking their style when, right. you're, when you're doing your episode, which is really great because basically you have like a, a track and you follow the track, right?
2: And and so Joe Cole, one of our favorite episodes in Peaky Blinder as 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 John Shelby. How similar is his character, or how different is his character in this role from his role in Peaky mm. Blinders?
1: He's uh he's very different from John Shelby in this in this show because uh, his character is really uh, he's, he's an orphan who has to after the death of his father. He's an orphan drive by the desire to know the truth about who killed his father and that uh, anger he gets inside him is driving his emotion and also he's a smart character, Sean is super smart but his anger is so much he has to deal with his uh, inside struggle you know his inner child is dying and he really has to figure out how to become uh, the leader of that family and that's a lot of weight on his shoulder and Basically, the way he's doing that is absolutely brilliant. And Joey is one of the best actors as well I've ever seen on set. He's so involved and, and he's really grounded in his performance. So that's really, really strong. Awesome. Yeah. It's really different from John Shelby. What he's doing with John Shelby is really uh, he's into fascination of the character of, um, of the other. He's like the, the little brother, you know. here is the leader. So that changed yeah. the dynamic. You know?
0: And so, with the dynamic of the directing, and so the movies that you've done in the past, Xavier have been more of the uh, like the survival kind of like a quiet place. Speaking of Peaky Blinders, another you know star and Killian Murphy in the Quiet Place, and then Corin Hardy has gone more of the horror route with like The Hallow and The Nun. So, mm-hmm. is, would you describe you know a crime drama, but with more of is there almost that that extra horror or? You know, so yeah, it's, it's
1: where, where more. You it's that. it's more the basically I'm coming from a or, or an action background, but uh, I'm really uh, passionate about movies. You know, with Gareth, we keep on talking about movies all the time, and uh, and we are really really into great movies. You know, triple uh, A movies. So we really wanted to get something which is at the level of let's say. Uh, The Godfather, we are talking about The Godfather, the Scorsese movie, this kind of movies to make that crime drama. So we are really focusing on the characters, but when there is the action and the dirty sequences, let's talk about this, we have all the horror background coming back and we make it as extreme as possible. So you will see the violence in the show is super extreme and we put it down a little bit because sometimes it was a bit too much, but uh, we never restrain ourselves. We were really like, okay, let's do the classic super elegant crime drama. But when we go into action and violence, we completely open the gates of the poppy and extreme oil background from where we are coming from and and that's pretty awesome. (laughs) it's
0: just I can hear the excitement from you and so it's it's always fun talking to a you know a content creator or a director that has passion behind his project and so it's we're very excited it's hard to not want to go into anything with spoilers so let me take a second and kind of get away from Gangs of London and ask you ask you what your favorite your favorite storyline, maybe, is from Peaky Blinders. How far you got. And so I want to talk just as a from fan to fan of Peaky Blinders, because we mm-hmm. have so many fans listening. What are some of your favorite you know, plot points that are, that are entering season six as, as we wait for it?
1: Uh, for me, it's, it's going to be the, really what's going to happen with that shit. Because that's, we know it's, um, it's the end. Oh, the Shelby family, it's basically the Shelby family. I want to know about how that Shelby family is uh, finished, basically. So I'm very, very excited to know the end, but I'm also super emotional because <laughs> I know it's not going to be a peaceful ending. I feel that's not going to be a peaceful ending. It's going to be probably a big mayhem, and I'm curious to see that big mayhem on screen. It's going to be like... A, and my frustration, maybe it's gonna to be to try to see it on a big screen because I think it's really a show who deserve to be on big screen. You know, right. the visual it's so brilliant and the performance are, are really, really fantastic. And uh, I'm such a fan of all the, the actors who are from Julian Murphy to uh, McCrory. I'm really, really a big fan of them. And I'm so uh, stressed about what's gonna happen because there will be probably a massive body count so now i'm really i um, I'm really about the what's gonna happen to the shelby i'm I'm really curious about that because it's been from the last two seasons wow, so many things happened so um, now i'm really curious uh, I'm excited to see what's gonna be the ending really about the that shelby family I want to know you know what's gonna be the end of them that's so, the main thing
2: right. right right so we we love the Peaky blinders similar to how we used to love Game of Thrones because shows that don't make any characters safe are the yeah. shows that are at the elite. So without, without spoiling anything, should, should, should we expect characters from Gangs of London to be off limits or should they be safe?
1: Nobody's safe at all. <laughs> at I all. love that. It's, it's like it's the, the only thing I can say but nobody's safe.
2: Perfect. That's, and when I
1: say nobody, it's nobody. That's, that's, all, that's, that's all you great. need to say. There's,
2: there's, there's never going to be a moment where where, where we're not going to be expecting it. Where we're, we're, we're going to be expecting something. That's something that makes a show great and which makes Game of Thrones. It, we, we put Peaky Blinders on that Game of Thrones level. You know, this is obviously, you know, people who are, who are, who are listening to this pre- presumably have watched all Peaky mm-hmm. Blinders. So when Grace or when mm-hmm. John and when John both died, it was yeah. – on Grace side, I, I knew this show was elite because she, no one's safe. And no one, no the, one the only, is safe. No, the only character in Game of Thrones that was safe was Arya, which what George R. R. Martin said was was Arya because it was his wife's favorite character. But no one was uh-huh. safe, and that's why Peaky Blinders is up there, and we can fully expect that from Games of London, so that's awesome to hear.
1: Yeah, but, uh, and um, and you will see, this is, at some point, we are like, oh, we're going to stay for season two. <laughs> okay. So, <no. laughs> So oh. no no it was, it's uh it's pretty um, pretty insane what's gonna happen. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really excited because I know you know and uh, right I'm right. Like, fuck, people will be so shocked.
0: Yeah, we <laughs> may. So
1: many... Yeah,
0: we may have to come back around and talk to you again once everyone's seen it, so we can kind <laughs> right. of go into all of this because we haven't gotten screeners yet. So Josh and I aren't too familiar with. Any of the storylines, okay. another simple yes or no question is this just a one season show or are there plans for more?
1: No, no, the plans for more. And uh, but uh, based on what I saw, it's gonna be, uh, I hope people are ready for that because it's gonna be like uh, I, I say, it's something people have never seen in crime drama series before, and um, and for season two. I know that they want to push further, so now be be ready for something special. We're excited. <laughs> really? We're
2: excited for that. So, this is a question just about you, and you know more about your your uh, your, your career path. Who who is your who are your biggest influences to to that have guided you that, to to where you are now? Whether it's like a role model, someone that you've worked closely with. Uh,
1: I think my biggest influence uh, from when I start doing movies was probably uh, I would say directors like Paul Verhoeven, John Milius, um, uh, Scorsese, Spielberg. Uh, I am coming from that background, but then when I grew up, I start uh, watching Oliver Stone's movie and uh, and Toby Hooper movie and more gruesome and trashy film like Texas Exhaustion, so Massacre and uh, an Asian film as well. And, th- and then I had the chance to be the assistant of Choi Hark and uh, Ringo Lam on two movies in the 90s. So I was very young, I had like uh, 20 years old at this moment. And they opened my mind to Hong Kong movies and I was like blown away by the work wow. they did in Hong Kong. So that was really, really fantastic chance to, to work with these people. And then I worked with John Frankenheimer on Ronin. Uh I was PA on this. And then I start doing my own stuff, and basically all that Asian and American culture is really the um, what roots my desire to make movies and tell stories. And the first movie I did from my French and European influence were based uh, always based my um, my creativity and my uh, my stories into reality, and bring that gruesome art from the eighties into it, you know, and the camera work is more influenced by the Asian masters. So, because when, the funny thing, it's funny I was talking about that with Gareth recently. You know, when you work with Asian directors, they always use very wide angle when they do the fight choreography. And um, and the Americans like Frankenheimer they were always using long lens to shoot the action scenes. Right. And basically I was like um, mixed between these two kinds of techniques because uh, the use of the long lens for me, it was a little bit like, oh, it's going to be not dynamic enough. But then when I saw Frankenheimer using it, I was fascinated by the way he was using it. And uh, Paul Greengrass, behind when he did the Bone Identity, was basically the long-length action we had for over 10 years in the, in the years 2000, because all the action films were um, uh, inspired by that. Longlands culture, camera mm-hmm. and like Paul Greengratz, we are doing with the the Born identities movie, and then Gareth, I think, he bring back that cultural uh, directing and shooting way to make it with a very wide angle. And when you look at the raid and the raid two, it's really use of wide angle. And when you analyze the the fight choreography in these movies, it's really uh, it's very obvious. And uh, basically, I'm coming from that two background. And the story I'm telling are purely uh, Europe. I try to make it more uh, European. You can see in the divide of uh, Cold Skin, it's very European influenced in it. So I try to keep that uh, grounded uh, storytelling in my in my in my work.
0: Wow. Yeah, Xavier. I think we can hear. I mean, I can listen to you talk about you know the the X's and O's of of filmography for forever. But I know your time is is precious and I I do want to ask you one or two more questions here what are one or two shows that you would recommend that you've been watching or you have fallen in love with over the last few weeks that you want some of your viewers to check out so there's
1: there's two I think that were amazing Uh, I watched Tale from the Loop on Amazon and I think it's it's slow pace, but it's fantastic visually. It's really amazing. It's um, it's direct. The first episode is directed by mark Romanek, and the the light is from uh, Jeff Conant So Conant Wet is the DP of David Fincher, and mark Romanek is just mark Romanek. So this is super elegant, stylish uh, TV show. I really recommend to watch this. It's absolutely mind blowing, and also I recommend uh, Unorthodox on Netflix. Yep, uh, I, I really that. love that great. show. It's a it's great
2: a great show. yeah it's true it's a very short show but fantastic yeah it's show.
1: fantastic yeah so i really recommend this two show after i have to watch more thing. i have watched more thing but uh like i'm not okay with this i think you can get shot on this and i kind of recommend as well on apple uh there is um servant from sherman i kind of like it yeah and uh see um, you need to go further on C because it's really worth it as well. Uh, I don't
0: know if I, I couldn't get too much into C. That's the one with uh, Jason Momoa, right? And he, no one, yeah, he, yeah. There's no talking.
1: Yeah, but it's worth it, right? Really. Yeah, it's, it's is, one of those uh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. But after it's uh, a Tale from the if I have to say my two highlights recently, it's really unorthodox and, uh, and Tale from the Loop. Okay, tale from then- the Loop for me is a masterpiece.
0: Yeah. That's one that we'll, we'll write down so people can check out. And then I, I have to ask this cause you're the first person, at least for me, I think for Josh too, that we've ever talked to that's from Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. France. <laughs> and so it's, it's something as Americans, we had mm-hmm. never even really heard of Dunkirk until Nolan's movie. So let yeah, me, know, was, was that a movie that was, you know, favorable for people from there? Is that something that you guys enjoyed watching? Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. We enjoy watching. After there is few things in Dunkirk when I can see the. When they shoot on the beach toward the building, I can see there is few modern buildings still in.
2: Because
1: <laughs> 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 well, I know very well the place. I was like, oh, but that building was not there in the 40s. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But come on, it's, uh, it's only people from Dunkirk who can know that. But uh, no, I think it's brilliant brilliant filmmaking and the the way Nolan is structuring his stories is just mind-blowing so uh, it's really great and I think it really is for, for people from Dunkirk it really deserve uh, recognition because that battle really exists and uh, it was something important and from I, my grandfather was talking about it when I was a kid he was telling because he was a kid when the battle of Dunkirk happened and uh, he was really talking to me about it. So, no, no, it's something in our family. It's really something we exist. And, uh, and it's um, it's, it's, it's a memory. It's something really uh, grounded in, uh, in French family coming from Dunkirk. So now we know, we, for sure, we know a lot about it.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited. April 23rd, all around exactly. the UK on the Sky. Exactly. It's exactly. going to drop on Cinemax later in the month to people in the United States and around the world. So Probably, Zay-
1: and I don't know exactly the date for United States, so we'll see uh, probably soon. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh and I are going to keep an eye out. We're going to keep reminding
0: you guys at home when to check it out. And so we'll be able to review a couple episodes at a time. Xavier Jens, director of Gangs of London, three episodes right in the meat of it. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm sorry for my French accent. Guys. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> never, never have to apologize for that. For Josh, um, Daniel, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We binge so you don't have to.